This is good stuff. This is round two of a kind of long conversation we had with my buddy John Briggs about launching NFTs for B2B. And what we talked about in the last episode, if you weren't paying attention, is the business case. It's the how to understand this, why it makes sense for businesses to do it, and really, really good, unique perspectives of how this is a compilation of other business models that you're familiar with, all wrapped up into one, and why it makes sense for you to capitalize. This second part is a little bit more tactical. It is a little bit more about descript, about metrics, about specific business models and ideations from our community asking questions. So this is a little bit more practical. The other one was a little bit more theoretical. But if you're very familiar with why you're in on NFTs, you don't have to go back. You can just dive right into the the house right now with John Briggs, who is a Emmy Award winning, incredible businessman, hustler, one of these guys that I have a lot, a lot of respect for. If you listen to the first episode, you'll hear my hype man intro for him. And this is, of course, a live internet talk show where it is community driven. Would love to have you be a part of the next one uh, whenever you can make time on a Monday. Just put it in your calendar, sign up in the show notes, and just show up whenever you get a chance. For now, enjoy this part two of a great conversation with my buddy John Briggs from Food Fight Studios. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue. That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Three things I want to hit on, right? I'm just going to list them off real quick. One is now that you have it started, how are you measuring success right now in the short term? And like, what are the metrics you're tracking? Two is I want to just talk discord. And then three, I want to pontificate about other business models and other ways to do it. And I would love to use someone's ex- examples from folks here in the in the in the audience right now. So raise your hand if you want to be used as an example. Tom, I'm looking at you. I think that'd be really interesting. Jesse, I'm looking at you. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, Renee, I know, you know, Renee, I think it's very one-to-one to what you do. Renee's like a comic book character. Uh not, uh, not a comic book character. He creates comic books, right? So oh yeah. I'd love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah, cool. So all right. So metrics for success right now in the short term. How do you know that you're in the right direction? Well, uh, measures for success for the company or the the project. Uh, what in terms of what? I don't know. How do you? How do you? What are you measuring right now? And like, what do you? How how are you? How are you guiding this project and getting feedback? Feeling like you're doing well, or are you just kind of like out there throwing haymakers in the in the dark? No, definitely not. I think the um, you know, when we're we're where we are is is after we launched that 300 you know Genesis collection, we are went right there and started delivering. And I think one of the things that was different with us is we were started to do the animation and we started to to print out some of the merch and the trading cards and stuff like that before 
the project even launched, right? Because we just we we're going to do it anyway, no matter what, right? So, so we're definitely in delivery mode at that point. And then, you know, a lot of these projects that 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 can be cash grabs, they are just like launching over and over and over, and they're just trying to continue that, right? We want to make sure that we deliver. So the measure of success, the metric of success right now is 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 everybody getting the the massive way more value than the you know the point two ETH that they they minted it for at that at that point, right? That's the measure of success. So what we're doing is the um you know this week I the I think that the the newsletter goes live, which is not just fluff newsletter, like it's real deal talks about like what the heck is a dot ETH name that you see one of our guys get a bunch of NFTs stolen out of his wallet and how you can protect it, right? It's like, what is an NFT? And it like literally just giving real value of where I think people, where I wish I had started back in the day and all the stuff that we would know as well. So that's what we're doing, focusing on making sure that we deliver all of those things. And behind the scenes too, we are building out a VR world, a virtual reality world, because it goes in, it, it's in conjunction with the 3D animation assets that we're building as well. So, you know, some people in our next drop are going to get Oculuses, like they're going to get get those, right? So they actually can talk about community building. They actually can hang out with us in VR and go explore different worlds and some that we're building. So that's that's the stuff that we're focused on. But the you know, when we get closer to our 5,000 collection, which will happen uh, later this spring or summer, there'll be metrics of like, you do have to have growth. It's not like you can just say like, hope everybody comes when they come to come. Like you do need to make sure that we have metrics of how many like-minded groups have we found? How many have we reached out to? How many of them said yes? How many, like there'll be metrics of the, of the community growth of that we'll have in that spot, which are very defined. But now I just want to make sure that everybody is beyond thrilled with the value that they're, they're going to get out of, of this first drop. If I'm, if I'm, if I think I'm hearing you correctly, if you're exceeding those goals, then you believe that the floor price of the actual NFTs are going to be going up as a reflection of yeah. that happening. Is that kind of like if you were to really boil it down to it right could now? Be. Like it, look, it's so many. There's so much stuff that goes involved in. It. I mean, this is this, it's it's economy, right? I mean, it's supply and demand. It, there's so many different things that that go into it. But when you have one of these NFTs that we have now, you have access to things that we are going to make sure that's way more valuable than that NFT. But the good thing about this, and one of the many good things about this is that we can always add utility to it. We can always make it more valuable and add on different things that, that that's going to make this thing, make this thing work. But I think I love the, 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 you know, buddy James Altucher has, has a phrase where it's over promise and over deliver, which I just think is interesting, right? I like that because one, it puts the pressure on you, but you always want to make people pleasantly surprised of of what they get and i think that's uh that's some of the stuff that we'll be doing i love that man that's cool over promise and over deliver we say under promise over deliver it's one of our we actually have like x promise and over deliver right like whatever you promise over deliver is one of our core values cool man so all right is there is a there is a question here as far as the economy and things of that sort right renee renee who as you know is a comic book artist he's saying eth fees ethereum fees seem like a killer at the moment and certainly for him it is what do you what do you think what do you think is the future of that stuff as far as like going up or down do you think that there's any relief there that's going to happen it could be look i mean i think that's the beauty of a lot of the stuff that happens and it's definitely a little bit um higher level on some level but there are different like you know our uh collections on the ethereum blockchain right so there's benefits and there's negatives of that but most of the good projects are on the ethereum blockchain that you've heard of and, and stuff but there are other blockchains and, and, you know, Bitcoin is a blockchain. There's not NFTs on that stuff, but there are other different blockchains. So Ethereum, these NFTs are built up on that. So there's things like Solana and others that have less gas fees, but they're less known. They're less big. You know, there's, there's definitely pros and cons for it. But one of the things that was a learning experience for us is that you need to make sure that you have a really rock solid contract and build your contract in a way that, that minimizes those gas fees. And you have to have a launch strategy that is understanding and designed of that stuff so that everybody's not minting at the right same time that like raises the gas prices. It's one of the issues we ran into to no fault of our own that the, um, at one point there was something going on with Ethereum and the gas fees were, you know, strong, huge. So, um, but it is what it is. I think it's just one of the, one of the things that I'm sure over time will, uh, will get better. Yeah. That makes sense. Like there is uh there's a certain level of like business strategy involved in like, 
what blockchain you decide to go on and the timing of your thing, right? Like you might have a summer blockbuster coming out. If it's coming out at the same time as like three other summer blockbusters, guess what? You get fucked up. But like there is there is other things that you can't control, such as does the pandemic shut down movie theaters? Right. <laughs> and, and and things of that sort, the economy crashing, right? All of a sudden people needing to invest more in their own, you know, like food or whatever. So yep. let's talk, let's let's talk about Discord, man. So Discord is a platform that really, really intrigues me. It is, you described it to me as kind of like Slack meets Twitter meets Clubhouse meets, I don't know what else, but like, can you, can you kind of tell me a little bit more about Discord and why it works so well? And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it works. I mean, there, look, there's times you're know, banging your head uh, against the desk and stuff with it, with it, like anything, but I think it's, it's again, it's nothing new. So I'll tell you my first experience on Discord, it's like, I was like, what the hell do I want? Would I ever want to be on this thing? It took me forever to get like verified in the server. I was like, what the hell does that even mean? But, you know, Discord was built as a game, like a, a, a means to communicate for gamers in a lot of ways, right? So it's built that way. But I've had, I mean, to the point where I'm not even on our work internet anymore, because I think it's just, it blows it away. We were using Facebook's product for our, our work internet before. Discord is nothing new either, dude. I think it's like part AOL chat rooms, part Slack, part Skype. Because you can do video chats, you can screen share, you can chat with people like the old-fashioned way. You can have message boards, you can group in people for things. So for Food Fight, um, one of the things that which is the animation company that we that we have, um, one of the things that we're doing is we're going to be testing out a way to use it as an intranet on the back end, right? So like all of the the animators, the character designers, the the operations, the social media team, we can be behind the 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 curtain a little bit and have our own conversations, but we can open it up almost as a social channel as well. So if you have any if like if you're um if you're a young student that wants to be uh, learn animation and you want to be able to be in a, hang out in a place where you want to talk to a character designer or a rigger or anything like that, you can kind of pop in and our team is there because we're there because we're also communicating to on the tasks and the projects that we're working on anyway. So I think it's like part Slack or part intranet, company intranet, and also a way to build up a social platform as well. But hundred percent is what we built up the, the discord community with it as well. Interesting, man. It's almost like a, like an open source social network company platform thing that you really have like full control of on like varying levels of access that you can give to people and roles and stuff like that, that has yep. all the modularities of like zoom slack and Facebook groups combined kind of thing. Right. Yep. All of that, dude, all of that. And I don't know if discord, uh, the future social media is discord, but I'll tell you right now, it's a unique opportunity and there'll be something like it that I think our company will be involved in and for sure, because it is you Instagram, you go there and you, you're not communicating with your employees unless you have like you know, a group chat, which is just not built for that. But Instagram is a place and Facebook is a place where you can actually grow. You can, you can go on there and you put your content out here. You could do both in, in discord in a lot of ways and screen share. And if we want to have like an animators meeting, but we want to open it up to the public, you know, it's, it's essentially a virtual place. Like if, if, if Pixar had a studio, you can kind of come hang out with us there as well. So it's social and internet. It's fascinating, man. I've, I've been trying to figure out Discord and I still can't figure it out. I guess the best advice I've gotten is just like spend time in it. And I just can't, I can't make, I haven't been able to Where do Where you get it. stuck with? I just don't like, it's got all these like emoticons that then open stuff up. Like, is, mm -hmm. is there anything beyond the idea of just like paying more attention to what's happening inside the chat? Like, I, I, I guess it would be easier for me if I could like understand what I need to pay attention to and what I don't need to pay attention to. I think it starts off with finding a group or a community that you love and are like-minded in the stuff that you are interested in learning. Now, I think both of us are very similar. Our, our entertainment is learning the stuff that we're, we're working on and stuff like that, right? So it's finding a group that offers that value and has those types of people and it's a place to come hang out. I think when people say like, join our Discord, it's like, hang out. But maybe you don't want to hang out with a comic book crew. I would but maybe you don't want to hang out with like a sports thing, but you, you, if you, if there's a business group or something that you want to learn about a content group, hundred percent, because you're, you're curating a list of, of some pretty badass people that can offer value to each other. And that's the self-sustaining model that um, I think people would you just, literally just getting past the, the verification process and some discord servers are set up where it's super complicated, but you can set it up where it's not so complicated either. 
Okay. That makes sense. So it is, it's like, it's like being in like a WhatsApp chat, but like you care what's happening in the WhatsApp chat and whether you care about it, like then you're really going to tune in or you're going to tune out. Cause you look, let's say for your company, like you just talk about different types of content, right? You could have channels where people, that's where they want to go. They can click on that. And I want to learn about like this type of content. I want to learn about this type of community building. Like you could put, you can, you can um, put your different types of content in different channels, but also have conversations with people in the main chat uh, as well. You can, it, it, there's a million ways you can do it. hundred percent. There's an application. Like if everybody here was on discord, I'd be chilling with, with, with you all too. So it's, uh, it's just about, just about building it right and finding the right people of the, and, and being in a spot that you want to be in. All right. Makes sense, man. So before that, John, if mm-hmm. I wanted to buy a battle bunny right now, I want in on, I want in on the battle bunny universe. I want to be a Spartan. How do I do that? Yeah. I mean, if you'd want to, at first I'd say, go to the website and you know, battlebunnies.io and just look at it, right? Make sure make sure it's it's a project that makes sense. You could join the Discord, which is open at this point because we're not doing any active marketing or anything along those lines and, and just poke around, have conversations, see what it's about. I think that's that's where I would start in that space, but you could buy them in OpenSea, but I would not even recommend that whatsoever until you go in and understand what's happening there. Because from there on, you can easily find out where to buy it. All right, man, let's pontificate. I would love somebody to either raise their hand and come on stage to, to give like a scenario. And in the meantime, until somebody gets courageous about that, I'm going to throw one out there, right? So let's see. I, I just want to use somebody from Life from the Chat. I'm, to- I'm, totally, I'm totally bumbling. I'm going to use my usual example. It's Jesse Rittenhouse because I know his business really, really well. He's got a green building consulting company. Let's make this real hard for you. What's his business model now? Where they they consult for developers trying to get these green building certifications because the developers either have some kind of incentive of they'll get extra tax credits or speedy permitting based on the city, or they have just some kind of internal prerogative where based on the company, they either have like a thing where they got to like offset carbon credits or they are, you know, trying to like meet certain green standards. Yep. I got it. Well, look, part like there's, I think one of the elephants in the room about the NFT space is that it does have an effect on the environment for one thing. So I'll tell you what we did is we put part of our, we, I think we planted, I forget the total amount, but it was over a thousand, a couple thousand, but we planted a bunch of trees through onetreeplanted.org to help offset some of those things. Right. So, but I think for me, if, because I think the technology is so amazing and I think there's so many different applications and that's one of the things that sucks about it. And if that was my business, I'd be thinking about how the heck, what is the opportunity there? Because I think you can do way more good in, in overall. But if he has a membership, um, if there's any membership stuff, it's simple of, of, of putting an NFT out that gives you access to whatever that stuff is. I will say too, the blockchain and everybody has said, right? And even Gary Vee had said this thing when we talked about Bitcoin cryptocurrency. They say it's not Bitcoin or cryptocurrency that they were excited about. And this was five years ago, six years ago. It's blockchain technology. I don't know what the hell that meant. But the reality is, is that I think the future of where that everything will be, like your these classes that that people get certified on will be in blockchain. And you can offer these classes in blockchain that is fully verified. It's one of the huge benefits of this stuff, right? It's, it's transparent. It's verified. It can't be altered. And, and it's your passport that says, I created this greenhouse gas stuff on one level. That's one, that's one thing that I think the future of, of any of this stuff will, will, be, will be there. But I think if there's memberships, if you just wanted to do an NFT project that all of that goes back. So the offset is way huge. All of that goes off to a charity that helps that carbon emission. That's the right thing to do. And you learn the space a little bit and then figure it out in the interim. Yeah, man. So Rex, Rex in the chat comes up with, I was kind of going to go down this path, but Rex totally nailed it. For construction companies, they can virtually build an upland. I'm not a representative, but I own a couple of NFTs in upland. It's a great community for real estate because it's NFT virtual real estate's place. So I'm thinking... You know, if Jesse takes some of his clients, right, and creates this like virtual world of super sustainable green kind of like renderings of different kinds of buildings that are that are collectibles that can be, you know, woven into some kind of story or some kind of like metaverse space that then owning that NFT can give them number one, you know, different level of NFT Yes, comes with offset carbon credits, right? Like that can be part of it. Another thing can be 
access to like the green building conference on them every year, right? Like, or, or, or whatever party they have at the green building conference, right? There's like a big green building conference called green build. So whatever, whatever party the Spinnaker team has and, or like being able to be featured inside the Spinnaker newsletter or Spinnaker's company. Right. So like I, I could see various kind of like levels of benefits that you can give to the developers that as far as like PR goes, as far as access to private events and things of the sort that you can host, as far as maybe even like extra consulting hours based on being part of it or being part of like a customer advisory group as well. And, you know, with it all has the longevity of we've been building this like super ideologically sustainable space in our own little corner of the metaverse that then shows who the real developers are that really give a shit about this stuff versus the ones that are greenwashing and just getting a certification because you're also developing this 3D world on the on the for education. Yep. Rick says some stuff. And I apologize, man. When I'm thinking of brainstorming, I'm always fiddling. So I got I got cat toy, I got cat toys here that I fiddle with. I got this stuff, this thing that go with that. So if I'm fidgeting too much, stop. But yeah, there's got something some ideas in the um in the chat too. Create a token that will make an existing building there become a, a green complement structure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Jesse even brought up the idea of like the certifications themselves can come on the blockchain. Right. And like the certification itself can be an NFT, right? Like so create your own green will. building certification. And you get, like, if you're getting like a, a college degree at some point, or if you are got a, a, a vaccination or something like that, like eventually all that stuff would, could, is your digital wallet. And it's, it's your login to passwords or for, for sites. It's your login for everything. It's, it's verification really this stuff verifies everything. Right. So it's verification that you actually took that certification. So. All right, man. Well, I'm bringing up, I'm bringing up Julie, who What's I know up, Julie? Has great ideas. Julie, Julie, give us a, let's workshop something with you. What are you thinking as far as NFT goes? Let us. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks so much, John, for all this amazing information. I am, I help business people write and publish their books and I want to move more into this space, not only for that, but also for fiction writers. Like I think it's, it's I know it's the future of publishing and I just want to know, I want to be there first <laughs> or at mm-hmm. least, you know, 10th or 15th. <laughs> and so some of the things I was thinking of, and maybe you can, you okay. can let me know if there's other things, but yeah. having a VR book club, like having just a, a book club in a meta meta space book launches, book signings, maybe consultations, because these are all nonfiction, like coaches and experts and and business people. You just said certifications was an interesting one, but I was just interested in hearing more ideas. There's a ton of ideas that you potentially do. You have any probably you want to go Stuff or you go for it, bro. If you're if you got it, like I, I have ideas too, but like you're yeah, you're the star here, bro. No, but, but, but not at first? all. No, I think all of us together could figure out a bunch of cool stuff. I think you could totally one idea is, is you could do a community-driven novel. You know, you could do a choose your own adventure because a big part of the web three that people talk about is that it's driven by the community. It's not just a platform. It's not, it's not, it's, it's from an animation standpoint, it's not, you know, the, the MGM studio that, um, that takes away from all of the creators and takes all the money from the people that are going to see the movie, right? You flip that model completely upside down where the creator has all the control. The people that are going to see the movie can be part of it. Right. And then, you know, maybe if it gets distributed, but at that point, maybe you don't need an MGM to distribute it in, in a place. Right. So you could do your own community NFT. You could release a book as an NFT where people could actually potentially own in part of the success of the book as, as something that could be super interested, interesting. How, does that, how do they become part of the ownership? I don't understand just because they can resell it or rent it. I think there's a million ways. And again, obviously it's not legal advice or financial advice. Or the heck yeah, to do yeah. it, but, but I've seen where you can essentially release, you can release anything as an NFT. So I've seen an animation project that got released as an NFT, Ashton Kutcher and, 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 and a bunch of people did, did this, but they released it where they say they released 300. It's like a, it's a, a fractional ownership on some level. So they released 300 NFTs at 3000 bucks or whatever. And you, if you own one of those, there's licensing and royalty fees based on things that you get if there is a monetization play in, in there. So that's one of the things that that they did and, and potentially you could do as well. But I think, I mean, crowdsourcing and doing re- building something together is really cool because it allows the community to actually 
drive it up. And the most people, more people that are excited about it and being part of it, you know, way more magic can happen than just a couple of dudes and, 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 and girls thinking of some, some ideas sometimes. Right. Right. And John, as, as as you're saying this, Julia, knowing that you were specifically going into the the fiction world and helping fiction mm-hmm. authors, like, I, and I don't know, I don't know if this is even feasible, right? Or like, or financially feasible, or whatever it is, and and maybe the technology solves for it. But like that, choose your own adventure thing, adventure thing, like right, like having your having the main character of your fictional book be play some kind of role in some kind of online metaverse experience that then, you know, like you write a book and your kid can play the character inside of a video game. And the character has this backstory, right? Like I, like I see a bunch of like, (laughs) so intense. I don't know how to to make all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Of course, totally, totally impractical. But I think, I think the long-term, the long-term part of it is just like weave up a giant like vision of what the future can be and then figure out how to execute it on the on the front end, right? So, like, if that's like for for John's project, for example, I would not be surprised that this turns into some kind of like Web three amusement park, and your battle bunny is like a ride, or it's like a ticket in to these like weird, you know, otherworldly experiences that can happen in that space. But on the front end, he's selling access to experiences and and whatnot, right? So, like, your ability as the interconnector of authors and other other people in the business space that that are in this world can mm-hmm. be what it gets you there right so maybe it's like access to folks that you know for example mark schaefer does a he's got a he's got a creator coin so i think it works a little different than an nft but with that creator coin you're able to get access to a one-on-one zoom call consultation with him. Then there's like, you can have a shout out on his podcast as an advertisement. Then it's like, you can come to his conference or mastermind. Then it's also right. Like there's other, there's different levels of access. And Mm -hmm. I think that you have a pretty significant network of people that you can create, curate some kind of access to based on having an NFT that, you know, maybe some levels is like one-on-one access other levels is like one to many. Some it's like digital access and and that type of stuff that you can do along along with exposure to like skill sets and different ways. You know, downstream maybe you can develop services. Like right now, I'm not sure what your entire business is, but I know you're helping people write these books. But if you start creating some kind of scale around you of like a network of designers for the for for like the the story art or whatever, maybe they can start using your services um, at a discounted rate because of that, right? Like I would, I would equate that to like my repurposing team or my, or, or, or my team of writers that then writes like copy for posts or distribution, you know, like it, it can be a discounted level to your services. I said like a million things there. I feel like I'm just vomiting all over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of things you could do for sure. Lots and lots of things. And it could just be access. Anything that you think about in your old business model, there's there's ways that, that that could be implemented potentially from from this. And then I think there are ways that you can you could you could add on to it too. And you, we should definitely chat because um from like as we are like we definitely want uh great storytellers and and this the Battle Bunnies universe is 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 a fictional universe of you know six six warring clans that are all fighting for this waterfall that gives them magical powers so it's some you know and everybody gets a chance to uh to be part of that story and if your entity is in the animation you know there's there's voiceover perks that we're offering people and you know things that we didn't chat about because i'd be regurgitating and vomiting all over too and no one wants that both of us together yeah don't mix the streams right there we go (laughs) cross streams that's funny that's funny but, yeah. All right, Julie. I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna put you back in the audience. Thank you, Julie. Nice to meet you. Thank you, John. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enter the two of you or reach out to each other, however you want. You yeah, guys yeah. are both super connectors. A couple of questions here in the Q and A. Rex has a question. What is a good number to start in terms of a collection, like soft opening, if you're starting an NFT collection? I have no clue. Well, it just depends on the project, what you're trying to do, or any of that, any of those things. Some people start with fifteen thousand, thirty thousand. Some we started with three hundred, but for us, that was the way to go. When we came on the project, it was originally going to be five thousand out of the gate, and then there was a ten thousand after that. And it's just like that's that's the way it was structured to go at the beginning. But it's whatever. So makes maybe sense you for you. Cool. what what guided your decision of going down to three hundred from the original? 
like the idea of a soft opening to make sure that everything runs smoothly from the, you know, being able to test it out in a great, in a great way and, and build the community up the right way instead of just having all these people in, because I knew, I think going into it, we knew there was going to be issues of every kind, right. With discord, with contract, like all of that stuff with gas prices. So just going in there, it's like, let's start small so that everybody understands it. And like they, there's, there's people that there that actually want to contribute to the story and to the project. So 300 was the the right number for us. And there's 300 Spartan. We released the Spartan collection. There's, there's 300. So it makes perfect sense in, in theirs too. Cool. So, so, right. so something manageable for you for, and yeah. maybe think of the number strategically in a way to like helps the branding or whatever as well. Right. Like yeah. Gary V does 555 because he's Mr. Five guy. Right. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Isar Matis, my yeah. Israeli business partner. It says, how do you get people to join your discord server? How many people do not join because they do not know what it is? So when I, I had this idealistic uh, view of when we first came to this project that I was just going to be able to help. It's not just, it was part idealistic and part just that's ignorant. That I was just going to be able to bring in people and educate them in, in my network because we know a lot of people and stuff and, and, and educate them on the NFT space because I knew that a lot of the people that I knew were going to ask these questions and, and, but the reality is, is a lot of people stop before they got to discord. A lot of people stop before you start talking, you know, non-fungible tokens and all that stuff. Like people just are, are, are either not ready for it at the time or don't understand it, or you get a blab, blabbing guy like me regurgitating about what it is. So we wasn't a pivot because we still are, we still made sure that we did that. But I, uh, a big part of that was also just going to people that were confident that knew what discord was. They knew how to get a MetaMask wallet. So it was just being intentional about finding the people that knew all of those things and didn't have that that barrier, but also aligned with you know the goals that we're trying to get as well. Sounds kind of like what we're trying to do is figure out people that already want the stuff that we're selling and sell it to them, right? So like you can't yeah. you can't you can't sell an NFT you can't get my dad on a Discord service no matter what no matter how good it is. Right. Uh, you got to kind of find people that are already like hip to it, and then they can start teaching other people. The difference them. the difference too is that people are wanting to learn more, so it's an opportunity for us to actually educate in the space and actually help people and help them the right way because I know that. If we're, if, if anybody on our team and there's, you know, there's 12 or 13 of us, I know anybody on our team is helping someone understand the space or help them guide them through, like they're, they're in good hands. So just being able to confidently say that as other people are jumping in and, and, and jumping into, to, to worlds that, that may be not safe is comforting for me anyway. Awesome. All right. Tom Zarega has got a question. Is it generative art? Remember Tom is the guy with the, like the 3d kind of advertising stuff out of demolition man. Is mm-hmm. it generative art? If so, how does the generative 3D art process come together? And I'm not the artist or any of that stuff, right? So, but our collection, it was is like 400 unique hand-drawn traits. So it's, this isn't, this isn't the bunny, but like, it's like, you know, the guy's next level. So, you know, just stuff like this, right? But there's a base battle bunny. And then the, it is generative in the fact that you, you like some bunnies have a banana in their hand. Some have a sword, some have like a, an iridescent sword or a shield. And like, there's all these different combinations that give them rarity. And this, this project was built for, for gaming and, and, and rarity cards, like a Pokemon, like a magic, the gathering before we even came in there. So there's, that that's stuff that will happen in the future. But essentially what it is, is that when you mint it, you don't know what you're going to mint, but you get a randomly generated bunny with different traits on it. Some bunnies might have like a white tiger skin. Some might have a Braveheart paint on their face. Some have a shield, some have a helmet, all that stuff. So in our 5,000 drop, it's it's beyond the Spartans. It's the five other classes. And they're really, it's really, really cool art, but really cool traits in there that have different levels of of how rare they appear and are generated, but it is, it is random. Does that make sense? Um, so that is not, that's not the, that's not the thing telling you. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up mine, man. So we can, so you can kind of talk through it. And see it. I, I honestly don't even know the term generative art. I'm not familiar with it. So can some of the, gist, yeah, maybe he can jump on. To, so some of the, some, some projects there's, there's programs and stuff where you can like randomly put art together, right. For us, like this is all hand-drawn. Um, so like this, this spear was hand-drawn. The the bunny was hand-drawn. There's different types of eyes and that stuff. You got a cool one. Damn, man, you got a cool one. You said that to me before. Why don't you explain to me, when? why don't you break down this bunny and tell me why it's cool and like the different things that you can get out of a different kind of NFT here? Yeah, so 
you know, some of them have different tricks. So what's cool, one of the things it just looks cool in terms of some of these things, because it is generative that you might get a, a, a rainbow helmet with a color that doesn't make sense, right? So there's, 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 there's level that this looks like they'll say clean in the NFT world. So I just love all the black colors and, and, and how that works, that your skin is black, all that stuff. So it fits in perfectly with, with that. If you had like a, um, if you had like the, the, the plates on your, your shins, that if that was black and your cloak was black, like that would be a different, like, like a full set would be a different type of rarity that you would, you would have. And there's different utilities that would come in the form of gaming, uh, more likely to hit into the animation space. So your dude is way more likely to look uh, like he belongs in an animation space and way more likely to be able to hit that, that perk. But, um, but yeah, man, those, I mean, look, the mouth expression there is different for uh, there's five or six different mouth expressions that you can get different colors, different weapons, um, having two spears, you never know, might be a utility that offers something. So last week, what we did is, is anybody that had a rainbow skin bunny or was it rainbow um, or another one? It might've been a white tiger, but I know it was rainbow. Whoever, whoever had those skins, I think there was a total of 23 of them. They were just put in a random drawing and then they got this huge canvas print from the artist that was signed from them and things like that. So there will be things here that um, there's, there's traits here that, that will offer things for everybody. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Super cool, man. So kind of that when I was looking at him, so there's different color of these helmets, different mouth expression. Some of the bunnies have like uh, hypnotic eyes. Yeah. Uh, some don't have these like black eyes. It all means eyes. something. Yep. Huh? It all means something too, right? It all so. means stuff, right? So like these two spears, some of them have like a shield with some broken spears on it and a, and a spear or they have like a saber or something else. Right. So like, do all of them have these like sick kicks? Like I have right here, these red, nope, some, have none. Right some have none, <laughs> some have none, all right. I have none. but, uh, but yeah, you can go on things. There's a thing called um rarity sniper. And that's like a, a, a tool. You can see the different, like where this ranks one through 300. So everybody is getting, um, I've seen them. They are legit, but everybody is getting a pack of cards, so you're going to, if you own a, um, if you own a battle bunny, you own one, you're going to get that specifically one signed, hand signed, and it's going to be graded, like signed off. Like this is legit. And it's going to come in a, in a, uh, a protective case that you'll get mailed to you and things like that. So, um, so you'll get specifically that, but you'll, you'll also can go look now and see what rank yours is. Awesome, uh, man. Uh, Rex has one more question right here. Uh, what platform name, are you yeah. using to create your NFTs? So the, I mean, we're on the Ethereum blockchain in terms of that's what we do. We mint it from our own site, um, but the and where it's created, I mean, that's just it's the artist that uh, will, will create it in his in his programs that he uses. And obviously, there's a there's the, the certain one that he uses, and I don't remember it. And it's a he gets um it's a it's a sponsor for his stuff. So if I got it wrong, that would be that would be bad. It's a it's a sponsor. Okay, got it. And uh, I am checking Facebook to see if there's any questions on Facebook. I, was say, I know I, st- I know I stutter, but not that bad. I know I don't repeat myself that quickly. <laughs> yeah, that threw me off, man. Um, this is awesome, dude. This we went super long, man. I appreciate you spending oh, sorry, all this extra time. I feel like I didn't even do a good job explaining the basics of the shit, but um, oh, tell, but it was all awesome. Right, go, go right now, man. Explain the basics. You know that I'm going to produce all this content for you in order to be able to promote your thing, right? What what else do you want to explain? Um, oh. What are the basics of it? I mean, um, you know, so it's a random comment because, um, because I think there's a lot to it, but I think, um, I think I would leave it with just saying that, uh, when I was at the, a, a conference, like we, we've mentioned him a couple of times here, Mark Schaefer, I just went to his mastermind. There was only 30 of us there. Um, there was a, a web three expert who was genius and he put together a, um, um, the most simplest explanation of what web three is and what NFTs are. And I just left there being like, man, I wish I had this 
uh, explanation of it back in the day. And I thought everybody's going to be super excited about it. And they were like frightened in a lot of ways. Like, man, I'm there thinking, I don't know anything. Somebody called me like, you're one of the smartest people I've ever met. Right. That's just freaking the, if you know me, you know, that's like, the, there's nothing further from the truth in that space. It's just that I understood some of the language, but I would leave it. And I left it with them is that this is nothing new. We talked about those Chuck E. Cheese tokens um, as a tokenized economy. We hear things like, you know, web three and all these crazy terms that just make your head spin. But the reality is, is, is if you think of, if you think of, and this is what, one of the ways that got me help, but if you think of web three as just the third version, we all get those iPhone updates or whatever you have as your versions of your, of your phone. But if you think of web three as a, just a, as a, it's an upgrade of what we currently are and you'll hear web two, web one, um, the way, the, one of the ways that I got it, if you think about pre-web, right? Pre-internet, how you'd send your mail, you would send it like a carrier, right? Or you would send it through the mail. Um, then the web came and it gave you the ability to send something, right? And that's when your AOLs and and, and stuff were out there and, and your your search engines like Lycos and all these other things were on there. But your mail could go from the mailbox posted to instantly around the world. Um, when web two came out, that's the upgrade version. And then you had sites like we're on now, Facebook and other places where you could like instant message people and get things through there. So you could, you know, uh, you have to wait for the, for the, for them to even open their inbox. Um, and then, you know, web three, you can actually experience, I mean, our team, a big chunk of our team has VR goggles and we are in work rooms that you can, um, you can interact with each other. You, I always would make fun of each other because the 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 guy that I work with closely, Mike, he's like his avatar looks so desperate when he talks. But um, but you can be on a, a whiteboard and draw things out and save that whiteboard and send it to everybody. But it is like you are there. You are in the same room, and we are a global force anyway. So like that's one way of just understanding the different evolutions of things. Last thing with the um, with with encyclopedias people would go door. There was literally door-to-door encyclopedia uh, salesmen at some point. I remember being at the grocery store and seeing like, hey, I could buy these Britannicas. Um, when the, when web came out, you could put that online and there's, there's um, these CD-ROMs that you go to um, Radio Shack and you could take that Wikipedia or you could take that encyclopedia and then you could, you could watch it. You could experience it a little bit. Right. Um, web two came out and then you have people communities that were helping each other curating it. So Wikipedia came out where people were actually putting, uh, people were actually able to add to the encyclopedia. And now, and I just did this, you can go in VR and VR is just one component. You can go into, um, you know, starry night, you can go in like battlefields, uh, and actually experience the paintings, uh, and, and be in there and you can do it with other people. So it's just this evolution of the different experiences to your point. Uh, that we're that we're able to do, and um, that's the stuff that started to get my wheels going. Of like, now it makes a lot more sense to this dummy. Yeah, man. I uh, right. I I feel like I get it on like a high level, right? Like the stuff that you explain, I totally get. The, to me, the this the the thing that really intimidates me is the technology of it. Um, like Discord, right? Like I feel like a fucking idiot when I'm like on Discord. That's, that's, um, but that's not the, that's that's not technology. That's li- literally Discord. Is if you go look at AOL chat rooms. Because you could go to like an AOL and I want to talk about community engagement. Like there would be chat rooms where you could chat with people there, right? It's Skype. It's that. It's it's Slack. That's Here. it, right? That's not the technology. The scary technology is the is when you hear things like the blockchain and, and smart contracts. The reality is it's it's a code. Like you put in a website code. It's a code that says if this, then that, right? So you could put a code in that says like, if you have this wallet address, it allows you to come in here. It allows you to buy this. It allows you to do that. And it's like, if you don't, then that. So it's like a lot of, if it's, it's a code in a contract, right? That's it. That's, that's it. And it's more than that, but it's it in a, in a nutshell for, for guys like us to understand. Interesting. So, so the other thing that I go back to is like, you'll talk to people. They're like, well, you got to buy it on one app. You got to buy the crypto on one app and then you got to put it in a wallet and then you got a pancake swap and then you got to like do a triple cartwheel and, and uh, sing happy birthday, you. you know, like, yep. I'm with you. The, um, if you look at some things like Coinbase, um, Coinbase is just like your exchange where you buy something. So if you want to go to like on Merrill Lynch and buy a stock, that's where you buy your stocks. Right. So Coinbase is where you would go to buy one of the places you'd go to buy is exchange to buy a cryptocurrency. Since ours is on the Ethereum blockchain, because there's a bunch of different cryptocurrencies, and you, um, 
you could buy Ethereum on there. Um, you could buy Ethereum on there and it could be transferred into a, a, a thing like MetaMask, which is simply just a different wallet. It's a digital wallet that allows you to be able to mint or, or get access to certain things. But all of the stuff is going to get easier where yeah. Coinbase now has the ability to, to, to do all the stuff. You could just literally go to, to go to one place, but it's no different. Coinbase is an exchange where you can, where you can buy stuff. And, um, and that's it. I'll tell you, look, I don't have it with me in front of me. Probably do. So my desk is messy. One thing that I would say that got me crazy is my kids. So I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old and a two-year-old, but my eight-year-old and the six-year-old one, all these, these, I'm not a gamer and I'm not a card collector, like before we came in this project. And uh, so I didn't know, I had a hard time learning rarity, what the hell that means, like epic, legendary. I just thought, I just didn't make sense. But the, the, the stuff that my kids are learning on in school are role-playing games where you get tokens and you get, uh, and you can unlock different characters that are epic or legendary. And this is like, this is a math game that they're learning in school. This is what the, they're, they're doing right now in a public school. Yeah. Um, so they already understand it. They already understand these different things. And then for Christmas, the dude didn't ask for um, an Amazon gift card or anything like that. He asked for a Roblox gift Roblox. card because you can get it's Roblox gift card is Robux and you can buy digital skins and you can um, you can buy diff, uh, a house and you can buy a car and you can do all these different things. So literally the kid is already trading currency. So for us, it's like, we didn't grow up in that space. Like how could anybody take a dollar and put it into this random currency? What well, we did with Chuck E. Cheese, but these kids are doing it already. So on the, on the gift card, when you got it, it said um, free virtual item, um, explore uh, millions of worlds, so it says, come with free virtual item, explore millions of worlds. And it said like $5 was equal to like a hundred Robux. So there's digital trading, there's JPEGs or, or digital ownership of stuff. And there's exploring the metaverse all in this one card that these kids are getting. So they're already there, right? So they already get it, which we need to at least understand a little bit what that's going to be because, you know, we are going to be left in the dust quickly if we don't at least get that. You bring up a couple of good points, uh, literally two, a couple. One is that technology is only going to make it easier, right? Like I, ESAR just got back from this like community leaders institute expo of like community cool. and like there's all these like problems with tracking community and like how do you engage with people and like there all this technology is coming on to help us do all that shit. It's going to solve it, right? But like us having a methodology to create it gives us a an advanced start to then how you apply it to the tools, right? So the tools are going to come just like this for NFTs and the metaverse and all the stuff. So it's like understanding the concepts, getting immersed in like, under, you know, how people relate to it and where the value is and the different ideas that you can have. And the tools are going to start helping you no matter your level of technology. That's one. And two is, you know, the digital native versus native analog thing, right? Like, that is that is a major major shift. There's always generational shifts that happen between generations, but right now there's a whole new category of human where after a certain age, like us and older, our primary life experience is the analog experience and the digital world complements that. And like for some like me, it complements it a ton. But there is a certain level of there's a certain age of human where from there on out the digital world is going to be the primary experience and the analog world complements it. And that's really already happening. And there's like a major stratification that if you don't, if you don't start to at least acknowledge it and not think of the real world and the digital world, but just think of the real world is the analog world and the digital world. Right. And, and really start to see it from their eyes. You're going to really risk irrelevancy in at a certain point generational. Mm -hmm. And think of like, um, I think a lot of people have similar experiences or feelings when they get into this space, right? So like your digital wallet or your MetaMask, which not, it's not Binance. Binance would be more like Coinbase, right? Which is where you can buy the stuff. The MetaMask is where you can keep the wallet and you can connect your wallet to different sites. And essentially that's where you're, it, it shows that you have this NFT or cryptocurrency that you can then interact on the, on the blockchain with. But um, um, someone asked in that question. So the... Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, Don asked that. But the... Um, if you think about it, man, I mean, there were there had to have been uh, resistance when people took their cash and put it into a bank where they started using credit cards, 
right? Credit cards weren't that widely used when we were kids. And I think we're for similar age or the same age and stuff like that. But like, I remember going to the bank and you would just go in and your parents try to teach you to save and stuff like that. You go get a little stamp in your, your bank book. Right. Um, you know, there's a, that's how people, that's how you would know how much money or you could prove that's how much money is in your, uh, in your bank account before online banks and stuff like that. Right. So then we went to that shift where it's almost all credit cards. Everybody's paying through their phone at this point. And, um, and uh, the next step is like this digital wallet. Like, why the heck would I have that? But we are already doing that. It's just through a trusted thing that we understand from Bank of America or whatever it is from there. So it's, um, we're already doing the shit and we've already gone through those shifts. And it's, uh, I think people, if they understand that, will feel a lot more confident in jumping into, they've already been this, they've already played this game before. Dude. Epic, man. Epic. Just like last time that we hopped on a conversation, I'm going to have to chop it up into two podcast episodes because of so much value out here. Yep. Um, really, really appreciate you doing this, man. Is yeah, there dude. is there anything else I haven't asked you? Is there another speaking point I can post-produce for you? Um, how much how, how much louder can I get to tell people to go buy this NFT if they want to? Like, yeah, I, we don't, don't do that. I'm not an I don't expert. Want I'm not yeah, a financial yeah. advisor. All, yeah. all I can tell you is that like, there is very few people where I would bet on long term. Like I know that I missed out on V Friends because yep. I, I will I just forever bet Friends too. I will forever bet on Gary V long term. Did you? Bet I will the... forever bet on you long term. I know that. You, I, I know that V Friends too is coming out right. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on that for sure. Right. So, um, but yeah, man, I I just I, I I see you as somebody that is very quick to act, and you and you also really, really supremely care about people. You've proven that to me. You've given me some like extraordinary, unique uh, experiences that only you can give me if you think about deeply of our relationship. And it's really, really awesome, man. So I'm just really pumped to kind of like be able to bet on you long-term. No, thank you, man. That's what's, that's what's it, man. That's a, that's one part of these, you, you, that's one part of this stuff is it allows you to kind of bet on projects or bet on people that, um, that you didn't traditionally have the ability to do so. So it is, that is part of it. But, um, but the, the lens that I do is it just make sure it, it's got to be of way more value, no brainer value for, for, uh, the stuff that we get. That could be an experience. It could be a thing. It could be a discount, whatever the heck it is, but, um, appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I think, um, um, I mean, we're going to start to do the, um, you'll start to see some of the, the, the newsletter stuff that we're producing out there. And I would love your wait. feedback as we go, because it is designed for, uh, to demystify the world on, on one part. And then it's also designed to make sure that we are, as we are learning uh, in the space that we're just providing that exact same thing and not holding it to our own. Cause I think that's what um, that's what um, the right thing to do is. And so we'll be providing a lot of content out there like that. And you're the content King, man. So I'll be, uh, be looking forward to seeing some of your stuff as you learn this space as well at some point. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Uh, Lee Bishop wants to know, seriously, how can you get on your mailing list? How can people connect with you, John and food fight studios? Yeah. Do anybody, can, any, anybody, yes. Yeah, uh, anybody can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm in that space. I think the battle bunnies is the BattleBunnies.io website. Food fight studios is my company. We have a, a newsletter. That's uh, that's, that's not uh, behind the, the, the NFT offering at this point called the sauce, which is more of just your digital media your, for your digital entrepreneurs so that uh, you can join up in, in that. And uh, any way you want to connect, man, I'm, I'm around. So Food Fight Studios, you can get to the sauce on Food Fight Studios mm-hmm. to subscribe to the newsletter, right? So go to, go to his website, foodfightstudios.com. It's freaking sweet. Um, get, download the sauce. I know Sharon's, but so story behind the scenes is that like John's like operator person, like John's integrator is one of my best, best friends who I was the officiant at her wedding. And like, literally when he was like, I'm looking for someone, I'm like, man, there's two people in my network that I would die to actually work for. And she's one of them. Here's a, here's, here's an intro. And now you guys are just crushing it. And I love it, dude. It's super. It's been over two years since man. So it's crazy. And I always tell people like you married the guy that married Sharon, but they think that's her husband, but you're the efficient at her wedding. So I always have to, I'm full, I'm full of stumbling back my words that that's, uh, that's one of them that's personal to you anyway. Yeah, the guy that married Sharon. I'm gonna just tell yeah. people I'm the one that married Sharon. That's how I'm. Yeah. Gonna, that's that's how I'm gonna show. Shout out to Sharon, man. Sharon's the best. Sharon is uh, me and her. She was at the genesis of everything that I'm executing on now. Was mm-hmm. starting with the Habitat Young Professionals Group that we formed for Habitat for Humanity, and that's literally where I have learned everything that I'm that I'm doing now, including uh, having a bad dog. 
But uh, it's a good dog, yeah, man. That's what you get dogs much. for. That's what you get dogs <laughs> yeah. for. You tell people uh, when it's, it's shit's going wrong. You want a dog to be barking, man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Every, everything I'm doing now really comes from the learnings of those young professional groups. And Sharon was the person that I co-founded that thing with, man. So shout out to her. Shout out to you, bro. I'll let you go, man. This has been super long. I really appreciate, by the way, the, the fact that the it's only grown in attendance is insane because we've been on here for freaking ever. So Don, Isar, Jesse, Julie, Lee, Renee, Rex, Tom, like the fact that you've just taken an hour and 45 minutes of your day, an My hour bad. and a half of your My day, like, hang out is insane. So thank you so much. I hope to, you know, that I keep putting out shows that you want to come to and we continue to build this community with uh, amazing brains like John Briggs, everybody. All right, man. Thank you very much. You are living proof that you are not one of these anti-gurus that you know that I don't like. You actually like everything you said, all these stories that you have, which is not just me, but I bet you a lot of people here are very similar. So that's what uh, you are building real community. So we'll have to uh, get you on some of our content that we're doing for the the lab.eth let's go the lab.eth that's the last little teaser of next all right see you later everybody later guys there you have it part two of an awesome conversation with john briggs if you go back to part one you get to know a little bit more about the history between me and john and more conceptual why the business case for nfts and what brought him to the table and the kind of like the financial aspect of how much money he made and you know what he's up to and what the game plan is for his nft if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend you check it out. Coming up next is my Marmo movie takeaway from the whole conversation. But first, I just want to invite you to join us at the things that we are going to next as a BTS team. And the first one is the Growth Now Summit Live, which is coming up May 20th and 22nd, just outside of Philadelphia in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Go to growthnowsummit.com. We're taking the BTS leadership team there to do a little bit of personal development. It's a, more of a personal development um, conference by Justin Schenk, who was on the show recently. He is episode 166, so go check it out. Find out about the live event and how he did it. It's actually really interesting the way that he um, formulates live events. So I think that that episode by itself is really good. If you haven't checked it out, he's also one of my favorite podcasters. His podcast is great. And speaking of podcasts, uh place we're going after that is PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando, May 26th to 29th. I'm moderating a panel on the on called Relationship Flywheel at something called PodFest Invest, which is about investing and content creators in the investing space. And ESAR is giving a keynote as well uh, the day after. But the beauty is May 26th, little teaser, we're throwing a Be The Stage launch party I'm going to rent out a karaoke bar, buy a bar tab. I got some cool swag I'm working on to give away. So if you are in Orlando, let me know because I want you at the party. And now, the Marvel movie takeaway. Um, really, the the big takeaway that I got is this idea that I had conceptualized the fact that NFTs are an all-in-one kind of solution for a bunch of already existing business models, right? We talked about that early in the show, how it's like the travel rewards point plus the membership card, plus the um, Kickstarter, you know, plus a collectible, you know, all these different things that, that come into play that you can understand. What I didn't realize is just how natural uh, the concepts of business fit into it, right? Like this idea of, launching small before launching big, how you go to market with it. It all has a lot of interweaving things. And that to me is what makes it such an attractive kind of strategy, right? Like I'm I'm a big fan of how you can incorporate a bunch of different strategies into one motion. Um, I think that is where we're headed as things get more and more complex you know, you read the best business books out there, like Ultimate Sales Machine is a good example where it talks about, well, if you're going to go do a pitch, you don't want to just try to convince them to buy your stuff. You want to have multiple objectives in that pitch that allow the strategy to serve many things. NFTs and how you launch an NFT is exactly one of those types of strategies that can serve many masters, which as you know, to me, this internet talk show experience is another one of those strategies, right? Like by having a live internet talk show, I am able to invite people to the show, right? Guests and audience members. 
which immediately give me very, very good feedback on based on who shows up and how many people show up and how long they stay. Am I talking about interesting things to the people I'm trying to serve? Then by actually executing the show, I get to network at a very, very high level, right? Like I'm this idea that I'm about to start promoting all the speeches and the keynotes of the people that have been on my show in the past means that I'm essentially networking with keynote speakers and people of influence and authors and things of that sort in my industry while building relationships with many of the people that show up to the show as audience members or folks I want to do business with, right? So like it's a very strategic form of relationship. And then the way that we take it and repurpose it and, you know, make this conversation that we just had on a Zoom call into a podcast episode, into a couple of different formats on YouTube, into many different formats on social media. It just serves and 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 now we're starting to like take some of these bits and we're going to make a newsletter and I'm sending things that are really contextual to the people that I'm trying to do business with as like sales enablement tools, right? Like I'm just a really big fan of the idea that by doing one thing, I can do many, many things. So if uh, you're interested in that type of stuff, I'd love for you to join us at uh, our relationship driven growth strategy sessions. They're totally free. And what happens is after the show happens, we stick around for another hour and folks are showing up and they start to ask us questions of how they can implement these types of strategies, free consulting, and you get to meet the rest of the folks that come. So you can come for the show, stick around for the advice session. You can just come for the advice session. You can just come for the show, whatever you want. But Monday afternoons, right? Like Monday early evenings, I I want you hanging out with me. So hope to see you at the next one. And as always, I'm going to thank my team. Number one, I want to thank Rowan, who helps me coordinate this. She's the one that is helping me book the guests, and she's in the chat managing the community. I want to thank JP, who's editing this stuff and putting it together. I want to thank Nicola, who's turning into the best writer in the world on our team. He's running the descriptions and the captions and stuff like that. I want to thank Joyce. I want to thank Joanna. I want to thank Marge. I want to thank Gina, our COO, and our chief heart officer, who is the center of our culture, and I I want to thank my partner Esar for jumping on this ride with me and helping us build out this business. And remember, until next time, never forget that relationships will always be more valuable than transactions.